Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. The last thing that you probably want to hear uh, from me on this podcast, if you're someone that's listened for um, for a while or even fairly recently, uh, the last thing that you want to hear is me kind of go over my origin story when it comes to, sorry, I was fixing my mic there, when it comes to, um, you know, doing, when I was doing stand-up last year, if I was doing the the, the talk show or even the origin stories for how this podcast got started. So I'm not going to do like a full on thing again, but I'm kind of going to Spider-Man movie this and give you uh, a brief setup so that I can then explain to you why today was such a weird um, emotional day. Um, it It's interesting that like, so early last year, and I'll try to get through this as quickly as possible, like I said, Early last year, being 2019, as I'm recording this, I'm recording this in 2020. What I'm saying is last year was 2019. Anyway, I started doing stand-up comedy. I was in a dark place in my life. Um, And it's worth noting, I think, that I'm a fairly emotional person. If the wind blows a certain direction, I'm going to start crying. It's just kind of the way that it is. But, you know, I... Sometimes, you know, I play it chill in front of like, you know, people that I'm cool with and close with my friends or whatever. But, you know, there are a select few close friends that know that I'm this way. Now, I, I say that because, you know, I started doing stand up again because I was kind of in that place last year and thought this would be, you know, an interesting challenge for me. This would be, you know, if I'm ever going to do it now is the time to do it. You know, it's time. So. I do it, and people probably know this by now, but my dear friend who is doing a, or has been doing a video interview series with me on Facebook, I highly suggest you check that out, not for me, but for her, Mandy Wild. A lot of y'all know if you've listened to the show or watched anything that I've done over the last year, she's probably been a part of it. Um, so she's there. It's her 30th birthday. She sees me. She lets some people that she knows know that i'm funny they're putting a comedy show together so within like a month of me getting on stage the first time um at the willow tree in johnson city i'm doing a paid comedy show and the place that i'm doing that paid comedy show at is the main street theater which is downtown johnson city and i'm fortunate enough before all of this happens to go in and meet with at the time the place was being run by uh galen whom I'm still close with and friends with, and a, a gentleman named John, whom I've not seen in a while, but I'm very thankful for him for, you know, thinking I'm funny and remember him pulling me aside a few times and saying, no, you've got a gift, you got this and that. And he may have just been blowing smoke, but it, it was still a nice little ego boost and one that I needed at the time to do that first show. And it goes well. I think it went well. I got laughs and I got paid. So, I mean, what else do I want, you know? And, um, it's funny because like, even I even had a friend that came all the way from, um, 
Boone, North Carolina, just to see me perform. And that, that, that person still means a lot to me because of that. And, and I want to give a, a shout out as well to my friend, Jesse. She came with me that first time to the willow tree. Um, I just saw, just saw her a couple of weeks ago, uh, even in the middle of all this chaos that's going on in the world. Um, we went and walked around downtown and just kind of chatted and caught up for a minute. But, you know, if not for her, she kind of gave me that nudge there that night because I was, I think I mentioned this on here before, I was about to walk out and not go up. She's like, no, you need to do it. You need to go up. And so big shout out to Jesse for helping me out with that. And So we go through all that and did a few more shows there at the theater. Then as the summer progresses, um, now I'm still doing stand-up, but I'm starting to branch out and do a, a few more things. I've done some small-time acting gigs, and I think that people that that know me know that I'm a big fan of like late night talk shows. I grew up, you know, on, on Dave Letterman and then Jimmy Fallon. And I, I watch a lot of old school, you know, Johnny Carson and even Arsenio Hall and, and, and stuff like that. And really into that stuff. And, uh, you know, my friends and, and, you know, partners from Knoxville, you know, Beth Tompkins and David Habel, shout out to them, took a chance on me. And when, you know, I invited them to the theater to meet with uh, Adonica and with Shay, who are heading things up now, and I'll, I'll get to that here in a second, but uh, there's the theater, but, you know, and I love them, both of them so much, um, and again, I'll get to that, but so Beth and David come and meet with them, and I'm thinking this would be cool because, you know, I know that Beth and David was Safe Kicker Media out of Knoxville, I know that they're big on, you know, that not just comedy, but doing like music acts and doing different things. So I thought, you know, this could be a symbiotic relationship, you know, build a little pipeline from Knoxville to Johnson city and, and back and forth so that we can, you know, this can be beneficial for everyone. And, and while I'm sitting there, you know, I'd mentioned to Beth before that, you know, I'd love at some point to do like a, a an interview, you know, like a talk show. And, uh, so I'm thinking, you know, we're going to sit down and talk about, and we did end up talking about other stuff, but the first thing that Beth pitched to Adonica was, why don't we let Nate do a talk show here? And it was crazy, and you know, a couple months later, you know, we you know we planned it, and then we did it in October, and it was fun, and you know, it's one of those crazy things, and people may know this story already, but you know, the day of the first show, the theater, Main Street Theater, literally caught on fire, and I thought, well, that's not a sign, you know, <laughs> it's just to do this show, go across the street, do it at Willow Tree, then a week later, we did it. Uh, we did one at Main Street and it went well. And I've had several people uh, that I don't know, even if it's just one person, it's always flattering and it always uh, makes me feel good. Uh, but I've had people even lately that I've run into, um, and this is a bit of a problem sometimes, is like when I'm out, sometimes I don't think that I'm rude to people, but a lot of times I am just trying to do whatever it is that I'm doing. I get that from my dad. I just try to do whatever it is that I'm out to do and then get out of there. Uh, but I'll have people kind of look in my general direction and it's like, it always makes me un uncomfortable, which is funny because someone that's on stage, like you want all the eyes on you, but then at the same time you don't want them. It's like an insecurity type thing. But, um, anyway, I've still had people say, Oh, I came to one of your shows. You're really funny. Is that you should do more. And this, you know, it's always flattering when that happens. And so we've done a few of those. And then, you know, going into this year, uh, I guess so we did a few more of them. The last one we did was, I think, almost a couple months ago now at this point as I'm recording this. And it was really fun. And I just remember, and this may not make sense to a lot of people, but I remember having this weird feeling as the show was wrapping up because it, it was a weird night. It was right when this COVID stuff first started. And people weren't really sure, you know, how to deal with it, how to behave and all that. And, 
you know, this was part of a weird week for me. I did the show on a Wednesday. I had a basketball game, a rec league basketball game on a Thursday, worked the rush wrestling event in Knoxville on a Friday, came back in Bristol, came back on Saturday, spent all day in Bristol at a wrestling event, like literally from the morning until late at night. And then I did something Sunday. I don't even remember what I did, but it was like, it was one of these crazy weeks, but like, Oh, I went to a wedding. So, um, it was just, a, it was a really wild week. Um, and everything maybe I, you know anyway so that wednesday we do the show and it, i've got this weird feeling it's not a bad feeling but it's just one of those where it's just like there's something different about this show as opposed to any of the other ones that i've done and um we had the two guests we had marcus puckett and savannah kilgore which if you want to hear the audio from that you can go back a few episodes ago and listen to that um we did like a post show q and a Q&A, which i've got on facebook as well but it was just a weird feeling. And I remember coming out of that, there's so many cool things that we had decided, you know, we were going to do a, a comedy show. Uh, we, were, we had booked a comedy show. We were going to do some things over at 423 Social out in Bristol. And it was exciting. And Savannah, I remember Savannah had driven like over an hour and a half from Virginia in the middle of all this stuff going on. And it was such a special, just intimate show. It didn't have, you know, I'll be honest with you. We didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, fans in the audience, but the people that were there were, were, they were so engaged and they were so much fun. And I just remember, and again, you know, I told you at the beginning of this, I'm emotional and I can already feel it creeping in and you can probably hear it. But, um, so we did that last show and, um, I just kind of, as a spoiler there on accident, but we did that show and, um, it was a lot of fun. And then about a week or two after, like, because that was on March 11th. So, like, on March 25th, we're supposed to do another show. I uh, had uh, Stephen Hensley, also from 423 Social. I uh, had Lance Adams, friend of the show, was booked. And I had uh, uh, a girl that I know named Trixie from <laughs> Oak Ridge, Knoxville. I don't mean to laugh, Trixie, if you're listening. I think you listen to the show now, but... Um, it's, I laugh because I wasn't sure what to call you there because you've gone through like three different name changes since I've met you on Facebook. So I'm trying to like figure out what the proper name is. But anyway, so she's really cool. I met her doing the wrestling stuff and everything. So, but, you know, my gym shuts down in the middle of all this. Like between in this two-week span, I had a really big, and I'm not just making this up, like I had a really, really, really big guest that I was excited about having on the show. Uh, that ended up falling apart. And so, you know, it, it is what it is. And then, so then we're trying to navigate. I'm start starting to do the, uh, you know, the, the isolate show, the video interviews. I do a few of those and, you know, it's fun to do that stuff, but it's just not the same. I love like the face to face, like that human interaction and the people that I had on, I had a blast talking to, but, um, especially <laughs> I would say, especially as if it's like, I'm not putting any one episode above the rest but when i had hannah herndon on um that was fun because a little peek behind the curtain the third episode of that or the the episode that you saw of that was the third time we had had basically the same conversation because i had computer issues microphone issues each of the first two times the second one i could have used but it was the audio would have sounded like i was shouting into an echoey canyon I didn't want to play that. And so I just thought, okay, Hannah, I'm sorry. We got to do this one more time. And uh, so she got sick of me, you know, probably pretty quick. But shout out to her and her husband, Ryland. I love them both. Um, But so fast forward now, it's the beginning of May. And 
I've known of this actually for a little bit now, and I'm not going to spill any beans and I'm not going to, you know, drop any names or whatever other than the ones that I believe are absolutely necessary to drop. And, and I'm not going to talk about, you know, behind the scenes details and things. I have more respect for Donica and Shay, as I mentioned before, both of them, than do that to them. And I want to clarify something. Um, you know, I say right off the bat, but we're like 12 minutes in here. I love Adonica and Shay so much, and none of what I'm about to say has anything to do with any ill will towards them or anything else. It's just a situation, you know, played out the way that it did. And, and you know, I, I, I'm still going to be very close with those two going forward. And hopefully, you know, I actually just saw them today, actually. Hopefully we can, you know, get together and do some, some different projects. But um, I, I want to say that... As far as anything that that I'm doing and the Nate show or anything else like that, uh, that's under that umbrella, uh, will no longer be done at the Main Street Theater. And again, that's not a souring of a relationship. It's just a situation. Again, I'm not going to go into detail, but um, today, um, as far as I know, uh, was my last day ever being. Um, in that theater and again it's all love i feel like i'm just repeating myself here but it's all love with with the people uh that are involved currently and uh you know i, I hate the way that the things worked out but it's, this is a weird time for everyone um you know economically financially all that stuff uh and business wise it just it is what it is but you know as as far as i know as far as i understand it again this is i'm not going on record with any of this uh, as far as I understand it, the theater um, will be under different management ownership going forward, and it will be under uh, more than likely, um, actually 100% likely as far as, I, well, as, as far as I know, uh, more than likely, I'll just keep it at that, under a different name, it will no longer be called the Main Street Theater, uh, so the Main Street Theater will be, as far as I know, like we're retiring uh, the name and everything, but, um, you know, I went in there today and uh, got my stuff out of there. I had some stuff in my desk. I had a uh, <laughs> had a Johnny Carson book, a Dave Letterman book, freaking Spider Man mask. I had a copy of Blues Brothers on DVD unopened. I had a bunch of you know little things and just kind of going through the desk made me happy. And I uh, um, shout out to the 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 drag queens at the theater that have been playing bingo and stuff. I know they use the desk for for bingo um so it, uh, the desk has gotten some good use out of it but um you know, i took had a microphone stand which i'm actually using right now as we speak literally and uh just different stuff and so that was fun just to kind of go through that and i spent a good deal of time and i wish i was making this up but i'm not so i hit uh i got my phone out put my headphones in and i was just kind of sitting on the stage just chilling looking out at the audience because just kind of soaking in, I was like, you know, I remember this view, man, standing on the stage and seeing them seats, like the first time coming through and, and hanging out, meeting, uh, officially meeting Mandy and Marcy and Tara, uh, TT, if you will, you know, for that first show and standing out and getting just kind of acquainted to the stage and, um, you know, getting up and, and telling those jokes and those stories and just that view and that feeling of just standing there and the vulnerability and the lights on you and all that. And, but I had my headphones on and I, I hit shuffle and I wish I could make this up. The first song that came on was Eve Six's, uh, here's to the night. 
man, <laughs> that hit me like a ton of bricks. And then I was, I, I got like halfway through the song or actually towards the end. And I was like, okay, I got to switch this. And then the next song on my shuffle was Chris Brown, Say Goodbye. And I was like, okay, okay, universe, this is, uh, it's funny. I see what you did there. But um, I'm going to miss that place. And, you know, this is by by no means is the talk show over. Is anything with the Nate show over? Like, I'm going to go do this somewhere else. And I already got some things lined up. I don't want to, you know, spoil anything just yet. But, you know, the summer when when everything is, starts opening back up as it, it's already started, uh, the Nate show will be right along with that and come back, you know, bigger, stronger than ever before. And I want to clarify something i've had a few people ask you know you had one episode with a co-host lauren anderson and then you haven't done one with her since then what's up with that okay first of all it's none of your business second of all it's a fair question because a lot of the joke on that first episode was i used to have a co-host that lasted actually you never heard it you never heard that episode but it lasted one episode and that audio has never been released and it never will be released. And um, that's a different story for a different time. Um, I will tell that story one day, but a bit more time needs to pass on that one. Um, and I don't want like the people involved to like fight me. So, but, so that didn't work out. This isn't one of those situations with Lauren. I was just talking to Lauren earlier today. It's cool. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, we could do it over the, you know, like a, like a zoom conversation or whatever, but it's just, it's not the same. If we're going to do that, we want to actually be co-hosts. We want to be in the same room. We want to be, we want to have that connection. We want to do that. Cause it was a lot of fun. And we worked a lot of those kinks out the first one. I think that when we come back, it'll be a lot of fun. So you know, I'm not worried about it. I think everything's going to work out just fine with her. So shout out to her. And she's doing great, by the way, for anyone that's that's interested in asking. Um, <laughs> uh, she's doing fantastic, and we're looking forward to you know working on some things together again in the near future. So the theater thing, you know, it's sad. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And these are things that happen. It's like, you know, it, it's a, it's been a little bit over a year. It's not even you know, been that long as far as like time on a calendar, but man, like my first few paid stand up shows, the first, you know, excuse me, uh, the first version of my talk show that I ever did, um, you know, they hosted the Johnson city film festival. I mean, my buddy Cliff Andrews, friend of the show, um, went and, and checked that out, you know, like I've I've done some things there, you know, like I've experienced some things there. I've been, you know, I've had on that feeling of being on top of the world. I've had that in that building and coming into that building on some days feeling as low as I've ever felt. I've felt that too. And then by the end of that day or that night or whatever, for that to be completely turned around, uh, by the people that I've been able to meet and associate with um, people that were guests of the show. And I don't want to start naming people that were guests on the show because then I'll start leaving people out. But like, you know, I, I want the people, if, if they're listening to this and they were ever on the Nate show, whether in podcast form or um, on the talk show or anything else they've been a part of with me, I want you to know that like, you may not know this, 
and this is me being a little bit sappy and I get that, but you, I'll put it this way. You gave me a reason to get out of bed. You gave me something to look forward to. Um, and even if I came into those nights, not a hundred percent, maybe not even 10% of where I needed to be. You made the day, made the night better. Um, every single one of you. And I'm forever, you know, man, when I do that corny, you know, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. First of all, just kind of borrowing that from Jay-Z anyway. But I mean that. Like, I don't know if he meant it. I'm sure he did. I don't want to just assume, but I'm sure he did. But I do. Um, because, you know, yeah, I got up and told jokes for myself. Yeah, I got up and... And did the talk show because it's something I wanted to do for myself. But I did it because I know that when I've been, you know, and it doesn't even have to be this low or this sad or whatever. You can just be a normal, well-balanced, you know, person. That's fine. <laughs> but, you know, I know not a lot of people, or I would venture to say that, especially in the lines of work that I've been in recently, you know, you got some interesting characters and you got people that are just, I don't want to use the word misunderstood, but I'll start with that word because I can't think of a better one. Just people that are different. I think, you know, especially with comedians, I can't speak for like another, you know, I was talking to Alex Stokes about this, which is definitely an episode of the podcast you should listen to. That dude is uh, incredible. And we got some more stuff we're working on together, by the way. But, you know, he and I were talking about, man, like once you get a taste of like, oh, I can not only can I make money doing this line of work, this alternate line of work, but I can also get a sense of like gratification that I don't get anywhere else. Like why, why the bleep would I want to work or do any other type of job? Like, of course this is what I want to do. So it's like you, you're doing it for yourself, but you're also doing it like for others. And cause you know that like whenever, you know that whenever you're those in those dark times in those dark places or just having a bad day or whatever, you turn to some form of art. It doesn't matter what it is. It's if it's a radio show, it's art. If it's a TV show, it's art. It's you, you might it might be literal art. Like for my best friend Nathan Wampler, graphic designer, for him it's art, like literal art. Like th there are things that you turn to in those times, in those moments, uh, good or bad, that you know. And it's art. And I'm looking around my setup right now. I see a, a poster of a comic book on the wall. Uh, Venom fighting Spider-Man. That's art. Linkin Park poster over there. That's art. Like, I got other things. I've got a literal, <laughs> got a literal painting of myself that Mandy Wild made for me up there. That's literal art. Like, so this is, yeah, it's what you turn to. It's what, it's, it's what matters. It's what keeps the world going. Like, all this other BS, like none of it, I don't want to say none of it matters, but like all the stuff we focus on, like a lot of it just doesn't matter. I think art is, I believe that art is the thing that, that keeps the world. And I want to, no matter what level it's on, I want to continue and I plan to continue creating. I, I don't want to be self-referential uh, and be all whatever say yeah the Nate show podcast is art but like you know like if you want to call it that that's fine I definitely ain't gonna argue with you about it but um man I love doing this I love doing this I don't care if I got 
going back to my roots, man. Like, I don't care if one person listens to it. If one person listens to it, that's great. As a matter of fact, I know one person listens to it because I send them, <laughs> I send them the link every time I put up a new episode. And like, if I go look, like, I know I at least have because I don't like I wait a little bit before I listen to it. I wait a few days before I listen to it back. Um, and so like when I send that link to someone, I go back and I look at like the dashboard. If it's got even one listen, I know who it was. I at least know that like it, it, well, it may not have been that person, but at least one person listened. That's all that matters. I know it wasn't me. I end up here padding my stats or whatever, even though when I listen to it, it does count. So by the way, I want to say something real quick. If, um, if you've listened to this, put this on like, as you're going to bed, like, so listen to it whenever it is you want to listen to it. If you want to fall asleep to it, even better. Fall asleep to the dulcet tones of the Nate show. No, like, whatever. So whenever you listen to it, it's great. But when you go to bed at night, you can even put it on mute. Just hit play and then make sure in your up next there are other episodes of the show that play. Because I don't care if you actually listen to them. Although I want you to listen to them. I really want you to listen to them. But if you fall asleep with them on, I still get credit for like the listens and the streams and stuff. It'd be great. So you just fall asleep. You can play like, man, if you fall asleep with this podcast on a lot of episodes are like less than 30 minutes. So you get like an eight hour sleep, you know, you get at least 15, 16 episodes in that would just do, that would do a world of good for me. So just a shameless plug is I, I don't care. Like it's, that would be great. So anyway, I'm going to miss the main street theater a lot. I have a Main Street Theater t-shirt that I'm going to wear a lot just because it's going to remind me of those times, years to the night, you know. I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to get in trouble. But, um, you know, today was a weird day, clear, you know, clearing all my stuff out. And, uh, you know, March 11th will now forever kind of be known as the Nate Show Live, the late Nate Show, or whatever it was. I don't even remember what we, uh, yeah, the Late Nate Show. Yeah, the Late Nate Show, excuse me. The Late Nate Show at the Main Street Theater, that was it, March 11th. That was the last dance for that. And speaking of the last dance, I got to talk about it for a minute. I, I put you through 25 minutes plus of me talking about myself. Now I'm going to talk about the person that influenced the majority of my mentality in life as far as, you know, when you're seeing productive Nate and you're seeing aggressive Nate or whatever, you're seeing the personality of Michael Jordan. Now, for people that don't know uh, his, almost at his podcast, his documentary, <laughs> I would love if Mike had a podcast, but his documentary has been airing on uh, Netflix over the last uh, three weeks now. So they've done two episodes a night. Uh, for the last three weeks, episodes one and two, obviously three weeks ago, three and four, last week, tonight, five and six. And now I'm going to do a brief recap. I'm not going to go through and review the whole thing. You need to get on the ESPN app and watch it. If Even if you're not a Michael Jordan fan, I don't even care if you're a sports fan. If you're just a fan of like good, well-done documentaries and getting information about people. And what's even cool, I know it's kind of a conflict of interest if you if you're someone that cares about journalistic integrity, but you know, Mike's doing a lot of the, the narrating, not really narrating, but he's, they're talking to him about a lot of this stuff. Uh, so yeah, it does sort of skew towards his perspective, but 
I'm interested in that. Some people may not be, I am. So anyway, so episode one, a few weeks ago. So the premise of this, I want to say too, is that it's called The Last Dance because it, it kind of centers around their last season together, the 97-98 season with the Bulls. But there's a lot of flashbacks. You know, a lot, there are times, that's how well done this documentary is, is there are times that you're dealing with three different timelines, but they don't get super confusing. This isn't, you know, I don't know if you remember that show, Once Upon a Time on ABC, where they would they would have a flashback, and then they would have a flashback within that fl- that flashback but they would flash forward within another flashback but not flash all the way back to where they'd flash forward it it didn't none of it ever made any sense i mean i can't understand why the show ever got canceled but anyway so i freaking hated that show but anyways this show this documentary does that uh with it you're dealing with three different timelines but you never really get lost because it does such a good job of you know you know, here's what's happening in 1997. But you know, to understand this better, let's go to his rookie year. And so you're kind—it's—it's it's kind of a two-in-one in the sense that you're getting a documentary from the beginning of Jordan's career until the end of it, but also it's being linked to that last season and sort of the thought process behind that. And so, you know, episode one was you know, talked about his college days, his early NBA days. And then the present, the quote-unquote present day was there in the start of the 97-98 season. They took a preseason trip to Paris, and it's talking about the tension that he had uh, with the general manager, Jared Krause. Uh, Jerry Krause. I, don't, I think I just called him Jared. Um, so they talk about that. And then, uh, so you get to know a little bit about, uh, I don't want to say dysfunction, but sort of the, I, I guess it is called that, but like the headbutting that was going on between Jordan and Krause, you know, for a while and then you get even more of that in episode two because a lot of episode two is focused around Scottie Pippen but about how um you know he took a deal Scottie took a deal uh, when he was a free or not a free agent but he took a seven-year 18 million dollar deal in 1991 I think it was which at the time at the time even then at the time it wasn't a lot of money for a player of his caliber but he wanted to make sure that like you know he had enough money because he and it talks about him having a big family in arkansas and so wanting to take care of them and taking the security over you know i could take you know or i could wait and get a lot of money down the road or whatever he chose the the money now and you know uh scotty the episode's interesting because scotty's an interesting character and then you know, he didn't exactly handle things the best within the team. He kind of selfish, but at the same time, like, you know, you can understand his frustration with ownership and with the GM, but at the same time, like, ain't nobody asked you to sign that contract. Like, you even had people telling you, like, you might not want to do that. So <clears throat> another theme in episode two is the distrust in the organization is when Michael breaks his foot in the third game of his second season and misses most of the season and they're talking about, it's one of my favorite NBA stories ever so he is injured most of the season and his delivery and him telling the story is much better than me telling it but I, I want to tell you this is just because I love it so he injures his foot he's not playing and uh, management's basically telling him I want you to sit out the rest of the year like because you know the theme is the worst we do record wise you know, we have more of a chance to get a high draft pick and whatever. And 
Mike doesn't care about that. Like his thought process is, look, like let me just I want to win. Like then we can get in the playoffs, so we can maybe do something or whatever. And so he's playing, like he's on the side. He's going back to North Carolina and playing to get back in game shape. Now the organization don't want him to play. They don't want him to re-injure himself. He had a broken foot. He needs to recover, but he wants to play. So he plays, plays, plays. And now he's trying to convince management, just let me play in the game or whatever. And long story short, I'll get to the funny part here in a second, but long story short, they get him on like a minutes restriction where it's like seven minutes a half, 14 minutes a game, which is ridiculous. You can't get any type of shape playing only that much. So anyway, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff about mistrust there. But going back a little bit, he's getting cleared and the doctor says, you know, there's a 10% chance that you could re-injure it. And if you re-injure your foot, you may never be able to play again. And so Mike's thought process is when he hears those numbers, he's saying, you know, well, there, that means there's a 90% chance that I won't re-injure it. So let's just play. Like, I, those are good odds, whatever. And I forget who it was. I can't remember if it was uh, one of the, uh, someone in the front office or what, but they said, you know, I don't think you're understanding the risk-reward ratio here. He said, you know, let's say that you have a bad headache. You've got 10 Tylenol capsules, and one of them is coated with cyanide and would kill you. He said, would you still take the Tylenol? And Mike said, well, it depends how effing bad the headache is. And I just, I love that, I love that as a quick-witted, immediate, competitive response. Like, that 90%, those are good odds. It's 10%, but just depending on how bad the headache is, that's one of the, like, the funny. And him... Him telling it, retelling it, and not bleeping himself is much better. But I've always loved telling that story. The other Jordan story that I love, and this is just, I mean, I'm getting off topic, but it's Mike. I'm going to get excited. I got a bunch of Funko Pops behind me with Michael Jordan. That dude is like the best ever. Well, I'm not interested in having a conversation who's the best ever, but I think consensus, uh, there's LeBron people out there. There's some weirdos that choose like Bill Russell, and I get that, but... You know, he dominated when there was no competition in the league, just like the Celtics did. But anyway, so Mike is, in my mind, the best to ever do it. And um, I grew up watching more Kobe, which I'll get to in a second, than Mike. Because Mike was sort of the, like, I, I missed a lot of his career. But I've seen all the videos and seen all the different things. Like, it's hard to find Michael Jordan trivia or information that I don't know. And even this documentary, a lot of it. I'm aware of, but like there's certain details that obviously I didn't know to what extent, you know, but, um, the other story that I love so much about him is he's, they're playing the jazz early in his career. And, uh, he comes down, he posts up point guard, John Stockton, John Stockton turns around baseline dunks on him. And this heckler in the Utah crowd says, Hey Mike, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? <laughs> <laughs> so they get a steal. Mike comes down and he dunks on seven foot Mel Turpin, and he turns he turns to that fan and says, "Was he big enough?" And it's just like I love how petty and competitive, if you want to use that as a word, that Mike is. It's just like the presence of mind in that moment to say, "Was he big enough?" And I had um, I had I won't tell the full story. I had my own version of that one time. We were playing pickup ball and. I went up, there was a guy named James, you know, under the basket. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get James. Because this is back when I could really get up and really jump and dunk. And um, 
Um, anyway, I, I may just tell the full story. So James goes up and he, I think he's going to try to block the shot. So I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna get him. I got him. Like, this is it. So I go up rear back. And at the last second, he sort of puts his hands back and sort of dips out. Like, okay, I don't want any part of this business decision. Right. So I'm caught back and now I'm in the forward motion. I'm going to dunk. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be sweet. I don't care if he's backing off. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, my friend, who used to live like two houses up from me, my friend Andrea, and I'm not here to talk about gender roles or nothing like that, I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. Andrea comes out of nowhere, boom, two forearms in the chest, but I still dunked, because I'm already in that motion, it's like, what am I going to do, you know, like, I'm not going to pull back and just like take a hard foul, like for no reason, I'm already up here, I might as well flush it, you know. And so I dunk hard. She hits me with the forearms. And then <laughs> we come down and I kind of like, I remember holding her up to be like, are you okay? Cause like she is maybe she's more than half a foot shorter than me. And at that time she was close to a hundred pounds lighter than me. So I wanted to make sure that like, I didn't like fall on her and like crush her or anything. So like I grab her like not in a weird way, but just grab her. Like, are you good? She's like, Oh yeah, I'm good. Cause she's, competitive she played like high level softball at Appalachian State like she's fine like she's good to go so <clears throat> she's cool with it but I had James and other people on their team saying oh you dunked on a girl you proud of yourself whatever so then a few plays later I ended up getting that dunk on James and then I asked James because I recalled the Michael Jordan thing I asked James, I said, are you manly enough? Like, I, it wasn't quite the same. It wasn't quite Michael Jordan level, but it was still petty and it was still fun. So anyway, episode three of this documentary, The Last Dance, was mostly about Dennis Rodman. And again, another really intelligent link there because uh, Rodman played for those old Pistons teams that the Bulls had trouble getting past and used to beat up on the bulls and so and that was a nice link but we got to know a lot about dennis and dennis has his own documentary that espn produced and was narrated by jamie fox recently which is excellent i think it's uh, i forget what it's called um it's called for better or for worse or something like that it's like anyways it was it's really good i watched it just last night actually but um they talk about the pistons and whatever and the pistons walking off the floor and uh the weird relationship with isaiah thomas and all that and Man, I have so many opinions on Isaiah Thomas. My dad's opinions of Isaiah are worse than mine are. Uh, but anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, and we're not talking about the little, uh, the short Isaiah Thomas that played for the Celtics and the Cavaliers and the Wizards and the Lakers and the Suns and the Kings. I'm trying to remember all the different teams he's played for. Uh, we're not talking about that one. We're talking about the one that spent his career with the Pistons in the 80s and early 90s. Um Episode four, by the way, moving on, was uh, about mostly around Phil Jackson, but then also about the victory and and overcoming uh, the Pistons. And what we get to tonight, and I knew from the, the previews, and I'm trying not to get emotional again, I knew from the previews uh, for the two episodes tonight that it was going to be about this. And I thought, for some reason mentally, I thought that like it would they would take their time getting into this. But they opened episode five on the 98 All-Star Game, which was Kobe's first All-Star Game. Maybe it was his second All-Star Game. 
I may have that wrong, but the point is, is it's the one, it was Mike's last all-star game with the Bulls uh, and all that. And so it opens up with not just, you know, him talking about, you know, whatever. So like, and it shows him in the locker room. I just want to say it shows him in the locker room before um, the game started talking to his Eastern Conference teammates. And he said, that little Lakers boy, which we referred to Kobe as, which it sounds disrespectful when I say it like that, and I get how it can be taken that way, but he actually kind of meant it as a term of endearment because what he was saying was that little Lakers boy is going to take every shot. Like, he's like he's going to make it a one-on-one game. Like, he's not going to back off. Like, he whatever. So, there, he's talking about how it's going to be a battle with Kobe all night, and he was right. They, Kobe wasn't afraid of him. He said, you know, you could hear the audio where they got him mic'd up where Kobe says, I got mic and they go back and forth, and um, they recall the time. I actually have the poster on my wall over there um, during a regular season game where they were at half court. Someone was shooting a free throw, and they were both kind of bent over with hands on their knees, as you see basketball players do. And uh, Kobe was asking. You could see that they were having a conversation on what it was. And Michael clarified this um, in the documentary, but this was something that if you are aware of this moment, you're aware of the conversation. You can actually read Mike's lips on this too. Kobe's asking him, you know, whenever you post up with your back to the basket on a defender, like how do you know which way to go? Um, which shoulder and which all that. And you can see Michael mouth this, but he says you should be feeling with your legs. Uh, feeling where the defender is and that way you can spin off of wherever they're like if they have momentum going one way you can take it the other way and whatever so he's you can see him say use your legs you can clear you can make that out plain as day and then the part that um they showed it in the trailer and it made me emotional in the trailer and then when they showed it in the documentary uh, it got me again but after the game where they're doing the post-game handshakes uh Michael and Kobe meet up and Mike says, I'll meet you down. I'll see you down the road. Kobe just says, cool, you know, <laughs> and they just sort of pat each other and walk separate ways. And that's especially poignant given, you know, what happened with Kobe Bryant a few months ago, him and his, his daughter and the others that passed away, but or his one daughter rather that um, was in the helicopter and then the other family people, the people, friends of the family that passed away. But this also had footage of Kobe talking about Mike, um, like close to present day. Uh, give an interview and Kobe saying, you know, it used to bother me when people would always be saying like, you know, who will win a game one-on-one, Mike or Kobe? And Kobe was saying, everything you see me do, you saw Mike do first. Like everything I got, I got from him. Like you wouldn't see me have five rings if not for Mike. Like, and I love that he has the self-awareness as competitive and fiery as he is to like say that and know that and understand that like, cause people like people that, a lot of the people that get most of the people that argue about who's the best ever or this guy did this and make like I realize I just did it with Bill Russell Bill Russell if you're doing like a top 10 NBA players of all time you, you gotta you probably have to have Bill Russell in the top five if you're doing the top franchises of all time you probably have to have the Celtics in the top three at least if not two or one so I get all that. I know I was talking trash about the Celtics a minute ago. It is what it is. But, like, so most people that do that, and I fall into this category, (laughs) most people that do things like that will never, never be as good at anything 
as Michael Jordan was at his job and as Kobe Bryant was at his job. Like, ever. You could make the argument, this was said at one point in the documentary, you could make the argument that Michael Jordan was as good at his job as anyone's ever been good at their job. So, I want to say this too, though. We'll move along and we'll wrap this up. This is a little bit uh, longer episode than normal. Oh, they're going to keep getting longer. That's what she said. Um, episode six was a bit different. Uh, episode six, and they've not been afraid to like dip into, okay, here's some personality traits about Mike that are a bit more unseemly um, than you uh, you might have known, but. Um, they spent a lot of episode six focusing on um, how competitive, of course, that Jordan was, but also his gambling problem. He downplays it. He talks about he doesn't have a, a gambling problem, this and that, but like, you know, there are some dark details about him and owing money and stuff. And, you know, they obviously episode seven and eight are next week, and, and the timing lines up to where we're probably going to end up talking about the death of his father um, and, and the story officially when his father um, was found dead was that it was just kind of a hit and run two teenage boys just whatever out messing around you know and left him for dead but man you know I, I try not to be too much of a conspiracy theorist but there are a lot of people out there that think not only that they think they believe that not only did mike retire spoiler alert from basketball the first time to quote unquote go play baseball and whatever they think that that was because he owed money from gambling to the mafia or whatever and so instead of suspending him davis Ernst said why don't you just retire take a year or two off and then if you want to come back you know, that way we don't have to like go through the publicity thing of suspending you for whatever. But there's a lot of people that believe that, you know, his father's death may have been linked to, you know, some mafia-type behavior and that these two teenage boys were just sort of the patsies for that. And I know it's kind of a dark place to go, but there's actually a BuzzFeed Unsolved um, episode about that, so... I don't want to get into too much of all that. I'm sure as, you know, seven, eight, nine, and 10 of these episodes progress, I'll come on here and, and talk about them. And if that's covered, we'll talk about it, but I won't bring it up anymore unless the documentary does. Uh, so I want to say as we're wrapping up, and if you made it this far, congratulations. Um, I just want to say that, you know, I, I do appreciate you being here. And, um, but more importantly, if you have a chance to support um, not just your local businesses and restaurants or whatever during this time, I know a lot of places are reopening, uh, but your local artists, entertainers, comedians, musicians, actual artists, you know, whatever, um, support them. See what you can do to help and support them. Um, I'm not just talking about me, by the way. Matter of fact, there are a lot of people that deserve and need the help uh, more so than I do. And um, so definitely check and see uh, what they're doing and if there's any way you can support, even if it's like a dollar or two, throw their direction. If they're doing like a live stream or something, man, man any little bit helps people. So anyway, uh, thank you for 
you know, indulging me this far if you made it this far, letting me get emotional talking about the theater and talking a little bit about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and all that stuff. And, you know, got another episode coming up uh, this upcoming Thursday, uh, May 7th. There's a lot of cool stuff happening uh, in the works. And then there's some things, you know, the new Figuring It Out series on Facebook and just started putting episodes up on YouTube. So be looking out for those and uh, more video interviews, I'm sure, will be coming up and just a lot of cool things going on. And like I said, man, when the world reopens, uh, I'm going to have, I, I'm already building so much momentum. We're going to hit the ground running. The Nate show is going to, it's going to be doing some big things. And I uh, got a 31st birthday coming up in a little less than a month on June 2nd. So uh, there may be a little opportunity to hang out and get together for anyone that's uh, interested in that. There's a bit of a birthday party with a, a friend of mine and I, we have a theme that we have in mind, but we're not sure if the world's going to be reopened yet or how safe it's going to be to do that, but just being four weeks away. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But anyway, just stay tuned for that. Um, at That's Nate Cox on Instagram, uh, The Nate Show on Facebook. Make sure you're checking those pages out. And um, again, new podcast episode this upcoming Thursday. I uh, haven't completely decided the topic yet, but I'm sure it'll be great. And I uh, hope to have you back for that. But if not, I get it.